0: What's going on, everybody? This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics, and this is the Chondrocast, the podcast about green tree pythons and the people that keep them. Enjoy the show.
1: 2018, so I was planning on kind of giving her a break this year just to recoup, but but I don't know. Like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to have second thoughts about that because she's just bounced back so well from uh, laying that clutch that. Eh, I've thought about putting another male with her and seeing what happens, but uh, we'll see. I'm not sure yet.
2: All <laughs> right, on yeah, actually I did the same thing with mine. I gave her the year off and. I can tell that she's ready again. This come November, so yeah. I don't regret it at all.
0: Is that when you're right. pairing yours up, Luke? You pair yours up in the fall?
2: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in November. Uh, yeah, in Southern California we got no rain whatsoever, but it got a little colder. But um, up in Northern California, it started raining like crazy come November. So I might not even try a temp drop and just see if the the rain will get them to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of fool around a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: right on,
1: man. I tend to follow the more just uh, when they look ready, you know, put them together, yep. and uh, <laughs> when they when they seem tired of each other, pull them apart and feed them, you know, and then give them a break, give them a week or two off, and then
2: put them back together. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, that's what Justin did, right?
0: Yeah, I, I I put mine together in like June, like early June, and just left them. And I think I I separated them to feed them, but I pulled him. Um, once I realized that there wasn't that that when I figured out that she ovulated is when I was like, oh okay, like now it's time for him to go. So. Mm-mm. Of course, she ovulated, and I thought it was just some follicle development. And me, like an idiot, look, went back and looked at the pictures I took of her and was like, dude, that was totally an ovulation. Like, what the hell?
2: <laughs> you <laughs> idiot. <clears throat> but. Uh, and that female, was that, did you get that directly from Signal Herb? I did. That's... I did. Cool. That was
1: cool. It was actually... Uh... Kind of a bucket you know, I at the time i w- I wasn't keeping any green tree pythons, but that was always kind of like the pinnacle, you know, for me is what I wanted was green tree pythons. and I had you know always heard all the great stories about Rico and you know, as researching the species, it was just like, man, I, I really want an animal from him. and of course, at that time he was really, really sick and going through all his treatment and all that and it was just like you know this is my time if i'm going to get an animal from from rico i've got to do it now and that kind of kind of forced my hand it was just meant to be and you know i kind of haven't looked back since then so uh it was just Mm -hmm. one of those things i I had to have one from
2: him you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's Uh, awesome man i've always wanted one from them like it'd just be so cool it's a little piece of conjo history right?
0: yeah it is
2: Exactly. That's kind of the way I look at it. And, you know, that's that's kind of how I
1: do a lot of my, my purchasing stuff. I have more of like a, a bucket list of people that I want to support in the industry, the people that I think do well and represent the animals well. And it's like I, I'll buy stuff from, from people just because I want to support that particular person and the way they promote themselves in the industry. And, uh, you know, I've still got a list of people I want to, want to get animals from eventually, uh, you know, just kind of based on that, you can mm-hmm. always find cool stuff.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All good. right. Well, we're already got this thing going. Welcome, everybody. This is episode eight of the CondraCast I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. Tonight, I'm joined by Mr. Jason Brumley of Brumley Reptile Company and Luke Myers. What's up?
2: What's up? How's it is going, everybody? this is the first time <laughs> I've
0: used the the conference call thing on our on our show so it's nice to know I can I can have multiple people on and it still go through and I don't have any issues
2: <clears throat> right, oh, yeah it's working yeah. perfectly on my end. Can you oh, everyone cool. great yep
0: got you guys loud and clear and
1: I'd like to just you know come out and say uh, thank you guys for uh, asking me to come on I've been looking forward to it and sit down and talk some condros and uh have a good chat
0: easy decision man you got some really good looking stuff
1: well thank you thank you
0: and That's, luke uh, luke just hit of, me up luke is like hey man you ever want somebody to come on with you i'm like hell yeah man more yeah, the merrier.
1: i can imagine that it, uh, having a, a little bit of uh you know an extra voice never hurt
0: oh it, <laughs> it it's it definitely helps it, you know it like doing the the thp with jake uh he helps fill in the gaps so much, he doesn't realize how much he helps, even though he doesn't, as far as setup and stuff <laughs> like that, he's pretty hands-off, but he, he helps just by, by being there to help give me a break, you know. Right. <clears throat> it can get, it can, yeah. I'm, I'm not a social creature by nature, so it can be a little awkward every now and then, and uh, <laughs> having him there is... Him and alcohol help a lot, is what I'll leave it at. <clears throat> oh,
2: man, I should have picked up some beers.
0: Oh, I got a oh, whole I thing of liquor right, right across the table from me right now.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> right on. Yeah,
1: I wish I could join you guys with a cold, tasty beverage, but uh, unfortunately, I still got to drive home after this. So. Yeah. Oh, man. That's one of the disadvantages of living way out in the middle of absolutely nowhere is I get really terrible phone signal at my home i'm I'm currently parked in my truck at the local walmart here in town (laughs) just to hang out and talk chondros in the parking lot and do a little people watching while i'm at it so
2: (laughs) oh oh, man that's dedication (laughs) yeah you know
0: all right well first things first things first luke did you get that mail from irby yet no
2: Oh, I have man. not. I um, I'm still have the Timor pythons in a payment plan.
0: Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. So
2: I'm kind of waiting to get them out of here. Get that baby out of there, and then I'm gonna set up a whole different quarantine thing. Cool. So he's been really cool. Let me take my time, um, and then I will be getting that mail. That but thing yeah, is insane. Apparently, just shed. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah Mm, yeah, he's making some really nice
1: stuff here lately. Oh
2: man, yeah. Those, <laughs> I just want all the soul train genetics I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'm going to get my hands on some of that that stuff at some point. I'm going to I'm going to get to that level. I'm just right now I'm at the bottom of the bottom of the ponzi scheme working my way um, up.
1: <clears throat> yeah, you got to start somewhere. Definitely. You know. Well,
0: that's so, the thing is you know. like we have so many people that are like you know, they did not, I've talked about it before, but they want to just hey. take the escalator to the top and me, I'm like, I'll just take the stairs, you know, I'm in no hurry. I take my time.
1: <laughs> Some people got the pockets for that, that you too. know, I, I know. Uh, you know, I'm somewhere middle range when it comes to that, you know, it didn't start at the bottom, but didn't, I, mean, I, ain't, I ain't at the top either, you know, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate here in Texas, you know, we have such a great Condro community and. Some of the guys here just have ridiculous collections like, you know, Bill Stiegel, good good friend. Go over and look at his collection and it's just absolutely ridiculous.
3: Yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: seeing the thing things like the sickness and his blue cyclops and he's got all this crazy just crazy stuff. It blows your mind.
2: Yeah, man. Well you got that. I actually have um uh, one of the uh, female from the same one. Uh, didn't you have the VCRP the fourteen animal? I have uh, one of the babies from uh, the repeat pairing that uh, Vita did with Sean. Okay. And, uh, yeah. That stuff's pretty awesome. Yeah, your guy yeah. looks pretty healthy.
1: Yeah, oh, I I like that. You know, he, he's a really nice kind of tricolor. Got got blue, green, and yellow. Nice little diamond pattern with a little bit of black speckling in it you know really really nice looking animal but unfortunately i bought that as a sexed female and of course it's a male I, i've oh. had really terrible luck buying <laughs> females you know trying to balance out the collection and you know i i've, I've unfortunately uh, yeah i've bought two females that are not females <laughs> when it comes to that everything else i bought is like an unchanged unsexed neo and I just uh, happened to get lucky with the first one that I got from Rico. It happened to be the female.
0: <laughs> and what, what which one what did that one come from, that Rico girl? What's the background? She's a
1: cyclops okay. type. Um, she's, you know, pretty much kind of a locality. There's like I think it was two or three generations back there was like a a little bit of Lara mixed into that, mm-hmm. so it's not like a pure cyclops or you know pure documented there's a little bit of lara outcross into it but it's you know such a minute percentage at this point i just call her kind of a cyclops type right and uh, mm-hmm. leave it at that you know
0: so how but, many yeah. how, how many condors do you have in in your group right now
1: i have six adults and then i have the 12 babies right now so yeah, i don't have a huge chondro collection of course I you know i have a lot of other Whatever stuff you've got all kinds right of other stuff <laughs> so yeah i I've, I've you know i've kind of been on a diversification kick a little bit lately just i like to keep it fresh and have new projects coming up you know in the future so i do work with you know a, a few different species of pythons but you know my my collection's about 200 animals in total mm-hmm. so Ooh. it it's on top of a, you know, full-time job, it it keeps me busy.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm sure.
0: I've got, like, not even 30, man, and that takes up enough time as is.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like a newbie. I'm, like, under 10 right now. Okay, <laughs> no, maybe I'm, like, at 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too yeah. much.
0: More isn't always better, though.
2: <clears throat> oh, sure. Yeah,
1: well, you know, one of the things that I, I did was, you know, about two years ago was I built a really nice facility that really helped me streamline and maximize efficiency. Mm-hmm. So it does does help when you have a setup that's that's, you know, made for keeping.
3: <laughs>
1: it's nice, you know. I've got the drains and the floors so everything's Ooh. washable. I've got hoses that reach everywhere. So I can just spray stuff out, dump it on the floor if I have to, and then hose it down and it just drains out. You know, it's it's nice in that respect. So, so.
0: did you just get like a separate standalone building?
1: I Well, I have a big barn and okay. I just built, okay. you know, I, I, I cut off half of it and then, yeah, I turned that into a, you know, make building <laughs> make me and, room.
0: Yeah, me and Jake are currently trying to trying to figure out what we want to do. Because when I get a house, we're likely going to end up getting maybe like a 12 by 27 shed or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. sealing that, uh, running electricity, running drywall, all that insulating and all that good stuff, and uh, hopefully turning that into our little our little shindig. <clears throat>
2: yeah that's uh that's funny that you mentioned the drains on the floor because i i work at the avian facility at the college i go to and they have the drains on the floor and i think about that all the time i'm like oh man when i get a snake room the first thing i want (laughs) is drainage on the floor because like it makes things so much easier oh good yeah yeah you cleaning stuff out or
1: you know inevitably you you mess with enough pythons you're gonna get One of them is going to, you know, take a huge dump or, you know, try to piss all over you and, oh, it's just great, you know, you just hold it out over the floor and not care. I don't have to go running for a trash can or the sink, you know, and (laughs) afterwards just squirt it down with a hose, wash it down to the drain
3: and, (laughs) (laughs) to go.
1: you can mop it and be done, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all really nice and that's uh, one thing I do not regret, so. But yeah, when you get to building it, you know, hit me up. I've probably got a few pointers that'll uh, help you with your room. Uh, okay, just cool. kind of maximize some efficiency. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about
0: wanna... we talked about the shed, and then we also talked about uh, you can get like those shipping containers for relatively cheap. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. I know Bill Hughes, who's in Vegas. That's what he has his stuff set up in that. And I mean, if you can get that hmm. if you can get that rolling in Vegas without any problems, I don't see why we would
1: yeah you know if you put a you know decent air conditioner system and closed cell spray foam Mm -hmm. you have them come spray insulate it which that's what i did too i've got like four inch thick spray foam insulation and all exterior doors you know all sealed and stuff like that it's like being inside an igloo cooler you know i can can keep that thing i I get very little variance you know if i want to manipulate temperatures that's me turning on the air conditioner or mm-hmm. something like that you know it doesn't uh and where i get you know my summers are routinely 108 109 degrees in the summer and you know we are uh, definitely running some air conditioning and but uh yeah that room makes it nice because i've just got a little mini split unit and it, it keeps my whole room
2: right where i want it <laughs> sweet so do you run everything ambient then, or do you still use like heat tape and panels on stuff?
1: No, because I, you yeah, know, I have different, you know, I have different pythons and different requirements. I keep my room like between 76 and 79 and 78 somewhere in there, and then yeah, I'll I'll supplement with you know my 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 chondro cages all have radiant heat panels, and you know the the other stuff has heat tape or you know whatever it needs. But I don't have to you know run it that high to get achieve the temperatures i mm-hmm. want and mm-hmm. it, it just makes it nice because i get a little bit of customization and, and like i said in my situation where i'm working with several different species it's you know allows for that variance and customization
0: I'll say it's semi-ambient then <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it can be unpleasant you know when you're in there working oh yeah hard but
0: <laughs>
1: it's, it's not quite as bad as like an 86 degree yeah room, and I don't know? I like <laughs> ambience
0: like ambience are nice but that like especially when you got a collection that big and you're in that thing for hours like I don't know about y'all I, but I cannot stand being hot like I hate sweating <laughs> even when I'm doing nothing and so that would just drive me up a wall just constantly I mean you're burning calories I guess but I just I, I don't know I'm not into it
1: <laughs> right right I'm definitely with you on that. I like to cool it down a little bit, make it at least bearable. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, something as simple as, with a collection like mine, something as simple as changing water bowls is, you know, that's a three-hour job, you know, with my setup.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Being efficient, you know, it it still takes a while (laughs) to go through. And, of course, you know, most of my stuff, I use, like, the disposable water bowls. So you just toss them, put a new one in and fill it up, walk away, you know. Mm -hmm. right
0: on so when did you when did you first get into chondros what was your what was your first chondro and and how long ago was it that you you jumped into them?
1: i bought my first chondro at it was a 2012 uh late 2012 hatchling that i bought like in it was like the very beginning of 2013 Mm -hmm. um that's that's pretty much when i started getting into them and I bought my second and third pretty quickly after I got got, you know, the first one acclimated and <laughs> then, you know, yeah, it's kind of skyrocketed from there. I I bought a few more and then I I got a wild hair. I think it was 2014 and I bought a couple of imports that just did not do well for me and I had a couple of freak accidents and I ended up losing both of those imports. Um, that one was one prolapsed and the other one was just hiding in an RI. And uh by the time I got it treatment, it, it was, you know, a little too mm, late, it was
0: too far gone.
1: And <laughs> yeah, so I got those and then, you know, then I kind of took a step back and I got just kind of kept my collection, which was all good from there. But, and, uh, I had to venture at one point I was up to, you know, I think nine or 10, Um, and then, like I said, I lost those two imports and then I had a really, really phenomenal animal that I had bought from David Newman. It was my second animal from David Newman. It was from his, uh, Azambuja and Riff clutch that, uh, it was kind of, I don't know, David had just kind of messaged me and was like do you want this and I was like hell yeah I want it he offered me a really good deal and I got it and I mean he was abs- uh, like several months later that thing just turned like blue it was solid oh. blue with black flecks, and and I mean he was absolutely kicking himself for selling me that, <laughs> that snake but you know that one I, that,
3: oh,
1: I'm still I heartbroken did- over that thing that thing's eventually uh, it it was hiding in RI and just never responded to any kind of treatment and and it ended up perishing but man that was a beautiful chondro just
2: gorgeous (laughs) yeah i actually saw that picture of that one that thing was ridiculous like so cool
3: yeah
2: it was nice to look at while i had it I you know
1: I, i wish that thing was still here but yeah, that's chondros for you. You know, yeah, they'll, they'll keep you humble. <laughs> they're really
0: good at giving you swift, swift shots to the nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. They will multiple times over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but when when it's good, it's really good. Yeah. you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's a feast or, or famine kind of last species. Last year was just phenomenal. You know. Yeah.
2: yeah i was actually i was about to ask have you now that you've hatched that clutch are you getting in the bug again maybe you'll add some new stuff or are you just really enjoying the babies
3: uh a little
1: bit of both like i'm i'm i've been toying with the idea of actually letting a few of my neos go so i can try to add a couple more you know i'd like to try to you know talk some breeders i know out of a couple of females that they got laying around so maybe i could kind of start balancing my sex ratio so i'm not um you know so i can produce more of these darn things uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes it's like right now i'm still just it's so hard to even want to let any of these chondros go because it's just man i don't I don't know how they're going to turn out, and I I, I don't want that seller's regret. But at the Mm -hmm. same point in time, you know, I I'd like to fund some other projects and you know upgrade a few things around, and it it'd be nice. So you know, talking with Bill and listening to your show with Bill, you know, the last show, and yeah, it's kind of kind of making me feel like you know it'd be all right if. You know, you let one go and mm-hmm. it does turn out. You know, like Bill says, it's just great advertising and all that sort of stuff. So I'll probably end up letting a few go to, you know, fund a few things and see what we can't do about it. maybe at least adding one more really nice female to the collection
0: and Well the nice thing is 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 if you end up, you know, one of those snakes that you do get the seller's remorse from uh, ends up going to a buddy, and they end up reproducing stuff from that snake. You know, you do have access to it, and it is something you right. can you can get you can tap into at least to to a degree.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that would be my hope that you know anything I would do with uh, letting them go would be going to to people I consider you mm-hmm. know friends mm-hmm. or you know cl- close enough to that I could keep an eye on them. Right. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but. Yeah, because the male that I used for that pairing, he's, he's got a pretty impressive pedigree um, behind him. He goes, he goes all the way back to, like, Joan Collins and Pygar on the blue line. And he's got uh, uh, Grasshopper and Flex on his side, too, which is a pretty melanistic pairing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's some pretty nice uh, bloodlines running through him. So, And she, the female, the Cyclops, she's it's really kind of hard to tell. Um, cause it's very subtle, but like every one of her scales is outlined with a faint baby blue edge.
3: Mm-hmm. So she's
1: got some blue. It's just really hard to pick up in pictures. Um, you know, it's, it's like a really thin blue right on the edge of each scale. And, uh, so I'm hoping, you know, with his, his bloodlines and her coloration that, you know, a couple of these might turn out pretty nice.
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah. There were some dark ones in there for sure. I saw a few where I was like, oh, man. <laughs> it <laughs> looks like it's going to be a good one.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we got the – I was, you know, really impressed. They all pretty much – all but one, or they're just beast and have been since pretty much day one. I I think I only had to use down on, uh, oh, about four of them to get them started. All the rest of them uh, – you know, took off with the exception of the one, and I've got one that's, I'm still a feeding right now, so we're like three months deep, and he still won't eat on his own, so. <laughs> oh, man.
0: It'll come around uh, eventually. How many in to-
2: yeah, how many in total came out of the egg?
1: Well, I had 13 eggs, and one was, uh, one pipped, and just never crawled out of the egg, you know, that the head was out, but it 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 ended up perishing before it even crawled out of the egg, so I ended up with twelve twelve babies out of this clutch, and uh which you know I was kind of impressed because I I tend to keep my chondros pretty small my my breeder female I'd I'd be surprised if she was much over 700 grams, but uh, she's she was you know six years old when I started breeding her really mm-hmm. so.
0: Well, I'm a I'm a firm ready. believer that that age plays a much bigger factor in the breeding than than size does.
1: Yeah, well, you know when you listen to like Daniel Natouche and him talking about what he's seeing out there in yeah in Australia and uh, New Guinea and stuff is you know chondros are not these you know 1,200 gram you know thousand gram plus huge monsters that we often see in captivity you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: which uh, yeah, so I, you know i I definitely try I'm pretty lax on my feeding you know i I feed when I feed enough but not over <laughs> yeah
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know, kind of keep it irregular I kind of do it when I get around to it and, and so you're going to show me you're hungry, then, yeah, maybe I'll feed you next week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but the issue is, is, like, I'll feed one of my, I have a Juvie Bioc type, and I will literally feed it, and it will finish that, and it will go back to the perch, and it will start luring again.
3: Oh,
1: and (sighs) I'm like, dude. Oh, if you listen to them, you'd have to feed them every day, you know, (laughs) because mine are the same way. I walk in the room, and all I see is, like, six tails wagging at me, you know. Come here. Where's pretty funny. Where's the rat? You know, yeah, they're kind of funny like that. All
2: right, um, and I actually saw some pictures. Do you? Are you keeping your babies on sphagnum moss?
1: I I was. Um, I actually have them on just aspen right now. Um, and uh, so far it's been working really great. But yeah, when I when they first hatch, I was kind of keeping them on uh, damp sphagnum. It just kind of made it easy to, uh, um, you know, a keep the humidity up and b Kind of spot clean a little bit, because mm-hmm. you know how little chondros are—they make their little messes. But uh, yeah, I—I I didn't really. After the the stagnum kind of keeps too much moisture for my setup, so like I said, I I run a whole room humidifier, so my room's pretty stays fairly humid as is, um, like in the fifty-sixty percent range most of the, probably closer to sixty most of the time. So with the damp sphagnum, it was kind of, uh, I was getting too much moisture in there for my liking. So I just took it back to regular Aspen, and so far I've been loving that. Of course, I keep all my Neos, you know, they're in a little six-quart hatchling rack, and I've got the David Brahms, uh, you know, printed 3D perches with uh, elevated water bowl holders Mm -hmm. to... Keep it all up, and man, I
0: love those things. I do know. too. I got a big old box of, of perches for the for <laughs> my hatching rack today that I put together. Mhm. He does. He does yeah. awesome stuff. I'm I'm really I'm anxious to try some of these tub conversion kits. He he does too.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, those are those are really neat. I've definitely uh, eyeballing those as well. But uh, I really like the looks of the you know those Cambro racks.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know for. Mm-hmm. It, for once they graduate out of the six courts and i'm thinking about getting a couple of those built uh, to put it put in the room but uh we'll see
2: yeah i have one of those and those tubs are awesome they're indestructible they're pretty great yeah
0: <laughs> they're like yeah. fiberglass without being fiberglass
2: yeah it's, i think it's a uh, polyurethane which is like uh what they make like skateboard wheels out of and stuff nowadays mm-hmm. so mm. yeah. it's pretty durable
1: yeah, well, you know, I know they're made to be in kitchens, you know, and stuff like that, which, yeah, you know, they get a lot of abuse, so they they have to be pretty strong, survive uh, mm-hmm. restaurant quality, you know. But I, I just like that they're so clear, you know, and mm-hmm. it's nice. You, know, you don't get that you now hazy look like you would with a regular, you know, Sterilite or Iris
2: mm-hmm. tub, or you know. Yep, you can see right in there. It's perfect. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, when we were at Southeast Carpet Fest, the Bartolini's they had uh, some of their their and those those Cambro in a Cambro rack, but they had like LED light strips. Um, how did they have them? I want to say they went up either the sides or they went up the middle, and mm-hmm. that lit them up mm-hmm. perfectly. And it's nice because those you know being LEDs, they don't throw off any heat. Right. But they kept it really well oh. lit, and they looked really sharp.
1: Yeah, I saw some of the pictures, you know, everybody posted from Southeast Carpet Fest, and yeah, it looked like they have an amazing collection.
0: They've got know. some really cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I really wish I could have made it out there, but uh, yeah, it just didn't work. My schedule's been so crazy lately, so I don't have much time to get out and do anything fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Are you planning to go That's to Daytona cool. this year or anything?
1: Uh, it's still, I'm undetermined. I, I'd love to make it out there. I've never been to the Daytona show or, or even Tenley. I'd really kind of rather go to Tenley, I yeah. think, uh, see that one. But, uh, if I was going to make a trip, it'd probably be narrowed down to Tenley, but, uh, we'll see. I'd like to make it out there to Daytona just cause I hear it's a fun show, you know.
0: Well, I'm planning to go this year and Jake says he's going to Tenley in October, but we'll see. I don't. I don't yeah. know If I'll be able to, he's he got he. The thing is, he has three day weekends, like every week. He works yeah. Monday through Thursday, and so he has three days every week to go do whatever he does. And I don't have that luxury. And so he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm going to Northeast Carpet Fest. I'm going to Tinley, and like I'm going to do all this other stuff." I'm like, "It must be nice,
1: right?" Awesome. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Oh,
1: so where man. where where are you at, Luke? What part of the country are you in?
2: Um, current, well, uh, right now I'm home in Southern California visiting because I'm on spring break, but, uh, currently I'm out in, uh, like Davis, which is near Sacramento.
0: And, uh,
2: I think six hours North wouldn't make that big of a difference, but it's kind of insane how, how different it is out there compared to Southern California. So yeah, rains a lot more, which is cool, but it it does get pretty cold. It doesn't get like freezing out here. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been getting cold, so I've been running the heater a lot more. And, yeah, I definitely had a, had to a bump up my humidity where that was not an issue at all before.
3: So mm-hmm. that's actually
2: why I was interested in the sp- sphagnum moths because my, my babies, I definitely – while they were down here, I didn't have to spray, but I have to spray up there, like, on a regular basis because it gets a little drier.
0: That's strange yeah, cause like you would it, think it would be the opposite. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, it rains, but again, it gets colder, so I'm just running the heater inside all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And that
2: just sucks the humidity out of it. It was getting down to like 15%, where, you know, I was a little closer to the ocean in Southern California, so mm. it, was, it was a lot better. But uh, But it's all good, it's working out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the sphagnum may work great for you in your situation, where it's like that. Like I said, in you know, in my setup, it was just a little bit too much humidity, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I mean, it was really good at holding that humidity in those tubs. But it was just mine. My my tubs would be like solid condensation on the walls, and it's like you could wipe it down and close them, and 15 minutes later, it'd oh. be all con- condensed again, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah.
2: That's much. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Oh man. And I was, I was actually gonna ask too. Do you have any plans coming up? Do you ever think you're gonna try that, uh, um, that tiger stripe mail?
1: i that he's my you know my my kind of prized male right now i think he's probably next in line for for (laughs) any female that's available so i i i I am in love with that tiger stripe project Uh, all the animals from that are just ridiculous and uh, that baby that i i ended up buying um you know i bought it from randall pearson um and it was his hold back. I, I bought that off him when he got out of the Chondros, Um mm-hmm. back back then. And it was the darkest baby out of that clutch. And, you know, dark, dark, red, you know, maroon baby. And he's just been ridiculous since day one. And kind of instead of, you know, a lot of his clutch mates turn solid yellow. You know, they're, they're mostly yellow, the traditional tiger stripe with this guy just decided to go a lot of blue. <laughs> so mm-hmm. with, there's blue blood, blue line mixed in that, you know, that blood line. And uh, yeah, so he's nice, but he's got those really just neon yellow diamonds that are, you know, the tiger stripe. And he's got all kinds of, you know, blue. And he's got a nice balance of green and yellow, you know, towards the front. But He's definitely not one of the high yellows, but I know he's got a lot of potential to produce some crazy stuff. So. Yeah, I'm really excited for, for him to come up and, you know,
2: get a litter from him, a <laughs> clutch. Yeah, that would be awesome. Man. Every time he posts a picture, I drool over that one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, those diamonds.
1: Yeah, yeah he, he's he's kind of quite the fan favorite. I think I've got, like, three different Facebook groups right now. That are all using his, you know, photos as the the cover photo for those groups, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. you know,
1: right now. So at various stages throughout his life, so he's uh, he's he's. I always get a lot of uh, a lot of comments and likes when I post his stuff. <laughs>
2: oh man!
1: Hopefully he gets the job done.
2: Fingers crossed for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I you know. I always hear those stories about those chondros that just don't breed. And I, I have another really, it's a, you know, a Royal Python project, really high-end male, and he's like five years old now, and he just will not breed anything. So I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope that this guy just does not turn out to be like this other guy. <laughs> you know.
0: Those seem yeah, to me are kind of... the. That seems a lot like the the mouser jungle carpets, where everyone's like so worried about their jungle carpet being a mouser, but it's actually not as common as people seem to think it is. Like, oh, overnight, man. they're going to be a problem. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Because I was trying to... Do, I have that other female that I want to breed later this year, uh, chondro-wise, and I was originally thinking about trying to hunt down another male to put with her that isn't a bioc type, but... Given the male that I just used for this this clutch that I have cooking right now, he did such a good job wasting no time um, with her that I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to use him again.
2: hmm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, actually, it's was, it was funny because,
2: yeah, now I'll, I'll have two males. Well, I'll have a total of three males and two females, and I was thinking about getting rid of the male that sired my clutch, but at the same time, I'm like, man, you just never know. Maybe I should keep him around because he got the job done and Mm -hmm. i don't know can't hurt to have a backup male
1: well it's you know i've brought that up you know in talking with a lot of the the condro guys here in in texas you know we 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 get together and i've talked with several of them about you know my situation where i'm five to one ratio right now when it comes to male to female and all of them are like don't get rid of any of your males You know, you got Matthew Morris and you know Bill Stiegel all saying, "Don't get rid of your males." You know, you'll need you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get the ones that just don't want to breed, or you know they don't want to do it this year, or it's like, uh, you know, like just hold on to them.
0: And rather have (laughs) them and not need them than need them and not have them.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I have done just that,
3: and you know.
1: We'll see. Hopefully, we'll get some. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of females in this clutch that I'm holding back, so I can raise up some stuff and put stuff to them and go from there. Balance out the collection a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Luke, did you decide to get rid of that? Or did you, you Your key? Are you keeping that male that soldered the clutch or the babies that I have from you?
2: Yeah, I still have them right now. So yeah, once the Timor's sold, uh, I kind of just like ah, I'm gonna keep them. So. He's sticking around here for now um so yeah, are, you,
1: are you getting into timors or are you getting out of timors
2: i i had to sell them right right now i'm in college and i just live in an apartment and they are just growing fast and ah. i just i'm like oh man i need a, like new cages for them and so and they uh they're definitely a lot dirtier than the conjos they uh <laughs> I, I have
3: that's they're a
1: fascinating looking snake man they're oh. so cool looking but yeah i hear like owen talk about them and how how they want to I, I just i don't have time for animals that want to you know sling piss and sh- you know oh crap gosh. on you and do all that sort of stuff it's like yeah i don't, I don't have time for that kind of stuff so
2: <laughs> yeah no one the the male's captive bred and he's great doesn't do it super calm but uh the female i got her as an import and, i mean she was still tiny but if I touch her with my, I can only take her out on the hook, and it's still, if I touch her with my hand, she's just gonna spray everywhere. Oh, it's no. bad. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, oh, I'll clean the, uh, I'll clean the cage, and as I'm putting her back in, instantly just pisses all over it. So <laughs> you're like, god damn it. Um, but I mean, they're cool, and uh, there's so, what's cool about them too, at least mine right now, because they're around a year, and they're still so arboreal, and they, they sit on a the purchase from david's brahms just like a conjo, and you're like god damn this is a pretty badass
3: snake
1: yeah so. <laughs>
2: yeah
1: they're very cool looking and it's tempting there's a lot of things that are tempting but you know i even like some of the you know weird colubrid stuff but it's like you know oh, god i just don't have time to clean that much or <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know and i'm a bit of a neat freak when it comes to my collection so i do try to keep things really clean And, you know, that would just eat me alive, (laughs) (laughs) you know, some of those species. It's like, yeah, no, I just, I
2: can't do it.
1: Maybe if I'm just doing this full time, but I'm not there yet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was the same way. I had, I think the only colubrid I ever kept, I worked with some colubrids, but I I kept a Baron's racer at home for a little Mm. bit. And that thing, I would feed it on Monday, and the cage would be covered in shit on Wednesday. <laughs> and compared to the green Oh, chain, man, it, it took yours that life. long to trash it? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, they would, that metabolism on that snake was crazy. And it could just, oh, there it was cool, but I just did not have time. I don't have time for that right now in my life. That's how
0: You're my right. bear rats are, man. Any of my, all my colubrids <laughs> do. They just, they trash everything. Give them brand new paper towel, and the next day they're gonna flip their water bowl, or shit everywhere, or both. Yeah, <clears throat> they just—they're destructive.
1: <clears throat> oh man. So, how about you, Luke? What what kind of projects you got coming up this year?
2: I'm gonna try my male is I got um one of my males. He should be. He's gonna almost be three like this November. So he'll be like two in like, you know, two month two years and like ten months or something or nine months. So uh I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna see if he'll go with that female. And uh he's a little young if nothing happens, nothing happens. Mm. But um, if it works out it'll be really cool. Um so we'll see about that. But uh which female yeah, that's is that about
0: it. Which female are you putting it's the up?
2: same the same female from your kids. Oh okay um, okay. Yeah, I gave her the year off, and I just – I really kind of – I was really nervous about after she laid. I mean, you know, I just thought I'm going to feed her really lightly and just slowly put the weight back onto Mm -hmm. her. And she definitely – I was feeding her maybe once every three weeks, um, sometimes once a month. And, you know, she still was looking a little thin. And then I'd say maybe about two months ago, I mean, she looks ready to go. Like, she looks – She looks even better than she did before she laid her clutch. I mean, she's bigger now, Mm -hmm. and I I think she's definitely ready again. So Mm. we'll just see if uh, that young male can do it. Because at first I was kind of on the fence with it, and um, I always – is it uh, Rod? I love – he does Amora Aboreals, right?
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right.
2: Yeah, because I know his name on Facebook is different than Instagram and but he sent me some videos of one of his males who was a 2016 getting some stuff done the other day and i was like all right well he's doing it i'm going to give my male a shot this year too so right we'll see if it works yeah
1: males uh males you know typically can get it done a lot earlier than the females <laughs> so you know i wish you good luck and uh, love to see what uh, what comes out of it
0: yeah, my females yeah, already already bounced back pretty well. Like my female put weight back on real quick. Mhm. Yep. Yeah, I mean,
1: like I said with mine. My my Cyclops female, she laid that clutch in uh November of 2018 or that that's when they hatched was November. So she laid that <laughs> clutch uh now what? September. Yeah,
0: September and, somewhere.
1: You know, in uh yeah, she's she's already back up to you know looking like she did before she was gravid. So we'll see what happens.
2: Right on. And I actually wanted to ask because this is something that I started doing um like maybe about a week ago because I was using I think I've talked to you about it, Justin. With a I have a heifer and I had to use a rain chamber with her mm-hmm. or she would not she would not go. But the other day, like about a week ago, I just uh, I sprayed her directly before lights went out, which I know some people think is a big no-no. Yep. And she she went in the cage. She's fine the next day. So yep. do you guys spray spray at all? Spray directly or? I missed
1: the cage if they're in blue, um, but that's really it. And I'll just like spray the paper towels, and now nah, I may hit them just a little bit but not not a whole lot other than that i don't really miss much or not regularly by any means um like i said i do run a whole room humidifier in my you know well insulated room so it stays in that kind of 60 percent humidity range um most of the time so i don't really have too many problems now you know she's kind of a typical female she will hold it and i've played with the idea of doing the uh but I've never had a problem with her. Like she will defecate regularly. Um, And especially like with her, like if I get her out of the cage and just, you know, let her exercise a little bit, she almost always will defecate later that evening. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, as far as my adults, you know, all of my chondros with the exception of one are really, you know, tolerable to handling.
3: Right
0: on. Yeah, and I have that. I have one female that she she retains it the most out of all of them, and so I'll do the same thing that you did, Luke. Where I'll I'll, I'll hose down the enclosure, and usually by morning there's there's something there waiting for me.
2: Yeah, it was weird because uh, i hosing it down would not work with her. But I said, hey, I'm gonna spray her directly in the tub and leave her overnight, and it worked like a charm. It was kind of mm-hmm. crazy, and she went right over. That was the first time she's gone in there in like. At least six months so oh wow yeah yeah and I, I yeah i don't know and about me rethinking everything nowadays i don't know what to do anymore <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? no one does know,
2: you're like, oh, shit. Um.
1: well it's good that guys are you know starting to experiment and do more stuff you know i definitely like the idea of the rain chamber and it makes sense you know you think about them in the wild where they're you know probably staying in the same tree for quite a while It would make sense you know as like a scent you know uh to disguise the scent you know so they're not just laying in a or you know leaving a trail of feces right to where they are if they wait for a good rain and have it washed down at the same time you Mm -hmm. know it it makes perfect sense in my mind (laughs) you know uh, (laughs) that they wait for that rain shower to to let it go Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh but yeah it's a good idea i'm just Mine, mine is nowhere near as bad as like holding on to it for six months.
3: <laughs>
0: she
1: um, might go two months, you know, before she does, and and she'll lay a, you know, a nice size <laughs> surprise for me. Yeah, Luke, I think
0: <laughs> yours is the only one that does that, man, because <laughs> none of mine oh hold God. it that long either.
2: <laughs> it was, for like I could look at her and be like, I know you need to go, and like soaking them but it's funny that you say you take them outside too because one other big difference was um when i was in southern california i was living at my uh, at a house so you know i could take them on the front lawn and like mm-hmm. you said i'd give them i'm telling you i'd literally like taking a dog for a walk and throw her in the grass and let her ru- scooch around for like you know 30 40 minutes mm-hmm. and like you said that night she would usually go but now i'm in an apartment and i don't know about how my neighbors would feel about me <laughs> Yeah. yeah my snakes walk around so
1: right i don't know that i'd want to be that guy at the apartment <laughs> complex <laughs>
2: right. yeah so so yeah you gotta switch it up sometimes
1: right yeah i'm fortunate i'm way out in the middle of nowhere i'm on like 40 acres so i just take take animals outside and let them call on you know one of my fence rows out there and they'll sit there and climb on those things and use it like a jungle gym and i'll let them you know call around and explore for you know whatever half an hour in the in the shade and and take them back in sometimes and you know usually i'm out there you know photographing them while they do it because mm-hmm. just Condro's an outdoor natural light you can't beat that yeah. when it comes to photographing <laughs> you yeah. know it's the best absolutely
0: now have you thought about doing maternal incubation with any of yours jason
1: not with condros. I did it this past year with, uh, Royals, but, uh, and it's a neat experience, but, um, and I, I may do it again with some other stuff just to mm-hmm. experiment. And I can't rule out that I'd never do it with condros, but, uh that'll probably be the last pieces i do it with. yeah this
2: is not when you only have one female huh exactly yeah. <laughs> that's a good no point way. i didn't think about that yeah maybe roll the I'm dice jaded on that enough one. you know
1: jaded enough and i got like a hundred chondros or something and can you know afford to lose a clutch or two then yeah i might <laughs> might roll with it <laughs>
0: Now what's your experience as far as with the with the Royals? What was your experience with it? Like, did you notice a major difference as far as hatch rate or, like, size of babies or anything like that?
1: Um, well, I mean, I have a very limited, uh, you know, scope of this because I've only done one clutch, and mm-hmm. I did. It was a pretty large clutch. Uh, she laid, I think,
3: well, what did I
1: get? I think I got 11 eggs out of her, uh... And I had, like, I think three of them died, like, during the process. And that's the one thing I didn't really care for was, like, because, you know, you're not getting in there to yeah, remove yeah. eggs from an egg mass, <laughs> you know. Not without kind of destroying the whole process. Mm-hmm. So, you, you do get a little funk smell going on in the room,
3: which, oh, uh, really?
1: when you've got that, uh, um, you know, really insulated room that that kind of (laughs) sucks um so i didn't really care for that but uh, other than that you know all the other babies they had they hatched fine um they were uh, i would honestly say a little smaller than the the clutches that i artificially incubated as far as weight um but uh you know i don't know if that was just kind of the the project that Mm -hmm. i was working on versus the um, you know, the, the incubation thing, but it was really neat. You know, it was a really cool experience to, you know, go in there and watch the female and, you know, the, the female I used. she was a perfect mom. She kept nice tight coils and, uh, but she did not want, you know, anything to do with food. Um, didn't really see her drink much, even though I would keep you know fresh water really close and when i pulled her off you know she looked like holy hell yeah you know oh, yeah, which I mean, uh, is just it's its kind of hard to to watch that you know but mm-hmm. you know she's bounced back she's fine um like i said it's i kind of like the control of my incubator though being able to look at my my sim tubs and be like yeah eh, that they're they're all fine you know Pop open the lid and take do that you know smell check every once in a while. Yep, they're still alive,
0: mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or
1: no, this this egg's not good. I can go ahead and throw it away, you know, and be done with that one and not have to smell the
2: funk mm-hmm. for the next sixty days.
0: <laughs> and yeah. when you yeah, that's funny because. Oh, go ahead, Luke.
2: Well, I was going to say, I feel like one of the big things that people always say, why not to do maternal incubation, is because if one bad egg goes bad, then it'll kill all the other eggs. But no, I don't, go back...
1: Yeah, I don't believe that at all. Yeah. I don't think it really affects it, you know, when it comes to that. I think if an egg is going to die, it's going to die. And if it's going to live, it's going to live, you know?
3: <laughs> gonna go for it. Cool. <laughs>
0: With your incubation, do you do, like, the suspended, like, over water? Do you use vermiculine? Like, how do you like to do that? Well, if you're using the same I, containers, obviously you're you're doing the suspension.
1: Yeah, I just, I I straight water mine. I don't put anything in there. I'm just, you know, pretty delicate when i if I move anything around. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, you know, and I just use straight water, and I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I'm, opening the lids, you know, at least once a week to do air exchange. I don't use any holes in my tubs and just, uh, I'd pour in like 16 ounces of, uh, you know, spring water or whatnot and let it ride from there. Open the, open the lid once a week, just, uh, you know, get that air exchange, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let the, any CO2 kind of drain off and replace that with fresh air and yeah, that's pretty much it set them and forget it you know keep the incubator i've got one of those really i got the biggest hot box incubator they make and um i just throw them in there it's at the 87 and a half uh main chamber temperature and uh you know, just pretty much forget about them <laughs> other nice. than that
0: you like that though that hot box though jake was really wanting to get one at some point here soon for his stuff. I
1: absolutely love it. I mean, my, I've had several friends that have made like, you know, refrigerator style coolers Mm -hmm. that it seems like their failure rate is so much higher than mine. Um, Mm -hmm. as far as my like successful, successful hatch rate. Now, I mean, you know, PVC is not the most like thermally compliant, you know, material as far as keeping the heat. So, you know, it, it does run, a little bit but i think it's uh i don't know it just seems to stay really stable um as far as that and uh there's always air moving through it so i, I think it's exchanging the air mm-hmm. in there really well and yeah i've i have a really high success rate you know hatch rate with using that thing and you know i've probably put 100 clutches through it so far and i nice. it's, it's rare that i've have and, you know, anything go bad or – I've never had any kind of, like, incubation failure, you know, yeah. as far as
0: that, you know. Luke, what did you use for yours? Yeah, so I actually
2: – I built my own incubator out of, like, an igloo. Oh, okay. like heat cooler bader? bottom yep. cooler bader. And it was cool, great learning experience, but, like he said, I lost seven eggs because – for whatever reason, I was getting condensation on the egg crate itself. So I actually got the bottom of the eggs got wet.
3: Oh, like man. sucking it up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. And I think I used maybe wrong with computer fans in there because I, you know, I went to, what's it called? Fry's, picked up some mm-hmm. computer fans. So it was a cool experience. I learned a lot about incubators in the process of making one. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think next go around, I would definitely go with a, a C-Box because they're not even too much money, too, which is the pretty cool part right you can get like a decent sized one for under a grand can't you oh yeah yeah They're oh, like yeah. four yeah, or five hundred
0: yeah. for the the baseline model mm-hmm.
2: yeah I definitely yeah. was like ah that was cool but next time i think i'm just gonna buy one of those you know
1: it'll pay for itself over and over again you know probably the first year you use it so it's well worth the investment in my opinion you know that's I that's like the last piece you bought all these expensive animals, you have bought all the equipment to pair them. You've, you've done everything, but you know, then you want to cheap out and put them in a hundred dollar home built mm-hmm. incubator. And mm-hmm. th- that, it blows my mind on sometimes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. some I can't say shit because like,
0: all of mine are in a home built cooler incubator. Well, you,
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, they work, they work. Mm-hmm. It's not that, but you know, it's, uh, Like I said, if you do enough volume in them, I think you'll see that, you know, you start to lose stuff,
2: uh, you know, over the years. Yeah, Yeah, for uh, sure. It was a cool experience. It was great. I learned a lot. I was like, I did it, made my own incubator once. (laughs) Let's buy one now, you know.
3: (laughs) Plus,
1: they just look really nice, too, (laughs) when Mm -hmm. you're there. Have that nice (laughs) glass front. You can see what's going on. Flick the light on. Everything works, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's my fine. my thing is is with the the fan that I have in mind right now is you know being exposed to that much moisture all the time. Like, how long is going to take for this thing to bite the dust? <laughs> you know, oh. but
2: so you're running the main chain.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Oh okay. Yep, I got them in like, uh, both my eggs and Jake Jake's eggs are in six quart shoe boxes. Uh, on uh, like the way Harlan does it with the pontoons and the light diffuser over water Uh, but the eggs are sitting on top of that light diffuser in a separate like deli cup or Tupperware kind of thing like one of the shallow Tupperware like Gladware containers and then under those there's a craft mesh that keeps the eggs from touching the bottom of that Tupperware in case there is any condensation and then there's press and seal over the top of that and then the lid so it's like 20 layers I was, about to say. I was
2: like i think i need to see a picture of that one I'm yeah yeah it's hard that. to explain but
0: it's where i mean it's working really well so far uh i ended up adding another like um deli cup of like the water gel stuff to kind of bump up humidity a little bit because the eggs to me seemed a little on the drier side uh and that seemed to help them out a bit but so far, I had one that I thought wasn't going to make it, but it actually bounced back like it had one of those, uh, the window kind of forming on it. That completely mm-hmm. cleared up. Uh, and Jake's Jake's eggs are doing fine. He has one that's bad uh, out of the nine, so he has eight that should be hatching here any day now.
2: Mm. <clears throat> yeah, so you fix the, the window with glue? No, I didn't have to do anything to it.
0: Own. It did it on, on its own. Oh.
2: Yeah. Man, you got the magic touch, I guess. I, I guess so.
0: Yeah. But, the, I mean, that incubator's yeah, I... been working fine. I have a probe in the in the box that's, like, sitting on the eggs that tells me, you know, those are right at 87 and a half. The, uh... Oh,
2: you did the probe in the box?
0: Yeah, I have a probe in the box. Well, and then I have the, the thermostat probes hanging over the box. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's a separate indoor-outdoor thermometer that I have, a digital one, where that probe is actually in the box you know, telling me kind of what's going on. So it's working out pretty well so far. That's good, man. I would like and to. And here's this BIOC go, to BIOC, right?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. The it's mail. I nice see, you know, more and more people are starting to do, you know, some of, some more locality pairings. Mm-hmm. I see, you know, a lot of people, you know, trying to get that stuff because, like you know, hearing Bill talk, you know, it it would be great to go, you know, to shows and start seeing some entry level condros. I mean, let's face it, it'd be nice yeah, to see condros no, at a show, period, that aren't imported, you know. But mm-hmm. at the same point in time, it it it's hard, you know. Like like in my situation, you know, I I don't know that I would take any of my you know green trees to a show you know, Mm
3: because
1: how much market are you, you know, not a whole lot of people are there going to drop that kind of cash that you're going to want for a designer condro baby at, you know, a show, you know, it'd be nice to have some of the, you know, locality stuff that's just captive born and bred.
0: Right. And I can understand people like doing, you know, the big shows throughout the year, like Tenley or Daytona, but. To me, it's not worth it at all to do any, like, uh, the smaller shows, you know, like the Repticons and stuff. Um, yeah. Just because, unless well. it's something that's in your town, like, if you live in Atlanta or you live in Columbia and there's a show going on, like, sure, but I'm not going to travel from, you know, South Florida to go do that, because there's no way you make any money off that unless you're just selling, you know, whatever you got get your hands on.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you
0: know,
1: it's it's hard to compete with a $250 imported BIOC, especially in those circumstances where people that are buying them don't know what the hell they're getting into, you know, to begin with. And, you know, it's hard to say somebody, well, you should really buy this, you know, $600 U S captive born and bred BIOC that, you know, is going to be kind of problem free,
3: you know, and you're not going to have
1: to go through all the extra expenses of treating it and, At learning curve you know especially for new new keepers you know Mm -hmm. uh, i think a lot of people do really great with imports but you know there's those extra steps you have to take you know the the deworming you know the, the the stools and you know collecting that stuff and you know treating parasites and you know just more acclimation and I don't know. Like I've said
0: before, with an import, you end up spending, you know, after vet bills and everything, you end up spending the same amount you would have spent on that captive bred baby anyways.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get any kind of support from the person you bought it from unless you buy from, you know, the, the what, two or three reputable importers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there's only a handful of those that I would even consider, (laughs) you know, buying
2: from.
3: Mm-hmm, for sure. So, yeah, I'm
2: pretty lucky cuz uh I live uh by the Pomona show and um the the snake keeper, she'll bring out some of mm-hmm. her chondros to every show. Mm. Be like, "Oh man, those are pretty cool." <laughs> yeah. They have some pretty nice stuff. But yeah, I get a little lucky with that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's nice, I will say like the last big show, you know, Bill Steagle, he vended and he brought out a bunch of chondros and it was nice to see, and every once in a while, like I'll see Ken Deal or you know, one of those guys vending, and they'll have nice captive born and bred, you know, stuff. And it's it's nice, you know, I we've got such a great reptile community here in Texas, you know, a lot of great keepers here. Um, but it's nice when you kind of see them, you know, starting to do shows and. At least the bigger, better shows. You know, we've got the NARBC here, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Repticon's like a dirty word here in Texas. You know, as far as shows go, we just you don't you don't want to go there. That's like might as well burn your clothes when you leave. And yeah, we just oh. no there. I, I wouldn't be caught dead in one. I won't even go there to pick up feeders.
0: You know. No, it's really unfortunate because I feel like it would only take them a little bit of effort to really make those something like the Columbia show is like two and a half hours from me, and that one's not bad. But all the other ones I've heard, like there's one in Charleston that's small, and I don't even bother going to that one anymore because it, 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 you know, it, it, I don't know. It's the issue is is like it's just like a traveling circus in a sense. Like you have all the same vendors at every single show, so it's like. If those same people were just at Columbia, why do I need to go to Charleston when it's just the same group right and I mean it's, have, it's a fun way to kill you know, kill that... an afternoon, but other than that, it's really like if I have nothing going on, like I'm bored, I'll go to the Charleston mm-hmm. show, but i'm not gonna I don't really go out of my way to go to it
1: right, right. Yeah, we've got another series of shows here that's another really good one and that's the Herp's show
3: mm-hmm.
1: that uh Sean Grey puts on and he he's he does, you know, they do a really good job with those shows. So those are those are nice shows here, but yeah, that other one that that, you know, uh no. <laughs> I have nightmares about those shows.
3: <laughs> oh, man. Um
0: so, given your collection so I, as far as chondros go, do you prefer designers over localities? I'm assuming.
1: Um, well, that's kind of just I, I like both, and you know, I, I'd actually like to add a couple of locality pairings for the same kind of reasons, you know, to have some more entry level stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just haven't pulled the trigger on something, you know, I, I kind of want to. I don't know, uh, to find one of those localities that not everybody has, you know, yeah. just to be have something different, you know. But uh, haven't really, you know, gotten to that point yet. You know, as of now, most of my collection is mostly designer stuff. So I'm just kind of going that route. And, you know, someday that'll fund uh, having some, you know, locality pairings when the right pair pops up or something like that, get into something.
0: Do you have a favorite locality?
1: Uh, you know, I I, I like the Marockeys or Marokis, mm-hmm. however the hell you say that. Love mm-hmm. that you know, solid green with the white pinstripe. You know, those are really cool, and I definitely don't think enough people are working with those. So it's uh, you know, I I'd, I'd love to have a pair, of nice pair of those. Um, yeah. but as far as a favorite, I I don't know if I can narrow it down. There each. They're all kind of cool, <laughs> and Definitely. how can you go wrong with a green tree python? Yeah. You know, period. Yeah. An-, an ugly one does not exist. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know exactly. You know, I've never seen an
2: ugly one. Right on. Yeah, I'm itching so. for biops. I want some biops. This was the last year was the year of the bioc for me. I, I'm like, oh man, I need to get
1: some. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to have a nice, nice
0: bioc as well. I, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Talk to me in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> well, I probably will. Because <laughs> currently, like, originally, I was like, I'm going to hold on to all of them for a year and then decide what stays and what goes, but now I'm kind of thinking, like, I'll keep half and sell half. Because if I end up having 100% hatch, like, if all of these hatch, that's going to be 17 babies. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I was like, be- I, can, I can probably send a few off and be okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you could part with a few. (laughs) It'd still be all right. I'm so ready for, you know, I I talk to Ben, uh, Ben Morrill over there at Rare Genetics all the time. I am just, I'm
0: so itching with like
1: bated breath for (laughs) him to announce that Python sex determination test, because it's, oh, Lord, that's going to change the game, you know, right there. It's just...
0: uh, I mean, he can do it now. You just have to have... Like the sire shed and then like the grand sire shed or something like that.
1: Well, yeah, yeah like, he who? was telling me like you have to either you know both the parental um, sheds and then I think you got to have like uh, an offspring that you know the sex of. Like yeah. you got to have like a known male from that mm-hmm. pairing for them to be able to match it up. Um, then they could do it, but yeah, I'm just, you know, I know he's close, you know, I talk to him quite regularly and I'm just, you know, uh, I'm chomping at the bit.
0: Yeah, we're all, <laughs> man, we're all waiting for up. it. I've
1: got them all labeled and yep. they're in an envelope and I'm just waiting for that, you know,
0: text message. He's already saying, got the postage on it. He's just waiting to throw it in the mailbox. <laughs> Pretty
1: much. <laughs> yep. I got the FedEx label. I'll overnight those suckers to him,
2: you know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, if you think about
0: it, like, not being able to know the sex of chondros early on is kind of the thing that deters, that slows down the process a lot as far as what people are going to hold on to and what people sell.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean...
0: So when the doors get busted open on that, I mean, it's going to be game on.
1: (laughs) It's just the fact that, you know, like I said, I've bought and paid for two females that are absolutely not freaking females... You know, oh, no. I, those were from reputable people. That mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they were, not that they were trying to pull one over right, on me right. or nothing. You know, it's just it, they're animals. They're they're hard mm-hmm. to, you know, it's it's hard to manipulate and hard to probe. You know, and I, I'm way too much of a chicken to even attempt probing because I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: no,
3: <laughs>
1: no, I'm I'm not gonna turn this female into a you know into
0: a male so into a
1: male or mm-hmm. you know just you never know and i, I don't want no part of that Something you know
0: and do you Until you just now, don't do,
1: use the shed do you not probe any method. of your
0: stuff like none of your your balls or anything like that
1: yeah those you can just pop yeah. right out of the egg you know expose the hemipenes and and uh, you know there's no need for it mm-hmm. you know you can tell right it right away you know it's of course, you can't do that. <laughs> well, you can do it, but uh, it'll you'll pay for it later. Yeah. You know, if you try that with chondros. Well, speaking uh, of yeah. shedding
0: plugs, my uh, my sub adult BIOC that I've I've had for about two years now just gave me plugs last night for the first time. I've been waiting every shed, I look because I'm <laughs> like at some point these things are gonna pop up if it's a male. And so right. Last yeah. night it was like the official one. And it, that snake's about two years old or so, which is what I've been told is usually about when they start showing showing up. So, mm.
2: yeah. So did did you no- think it was going to be a male, or was that a, a surprise?
0: No, that was kind of a surprise because like the past few sheds, I'm like, okay, this thing keeps looking more and more like it might like it's going to be a female. And so I was like, cool, like whatever. I don't I mean I really don't care either way with any of my chondros. You know, I don't care what the sex is. I'm just I'm going to keep it and I'm going to enjoy it. And if I end up getting a nice pair out of it or whatever, like that's cool. I'm not going to be like, well, this is I've you know I have five males, and I have to sell three of them, you know, I just whatever. I don't care what it is. I'm going to keep it regardless.
1: But yeah, that' nice. You know, being able to actually sell somebody a genetically verified pair, mm-hmm. you know, from a deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how cool is that going to be? <laughs> like, you know, or buy buy a genetically sexed pair. <laughs> yeah, get all, oh, yeah. I was gonna you know, awesome. with the paperwork and everything, and you could buy it as a little bitty, tiny, neonate, and get to watch mm-hmm. the whole color change, and instead of having to wait till it's already, like, half changed. Yeah. And <laughs> well, just
0: the fact that it's, like, completely non-invasive, too. You know, you don't have to probe, right. you don't have to try and pop, you don't have to worry about any of that. It's, like, it's just completely sort of a hands-off, and it's, right. it's more Literally, accurate anyway. You don't anyways. even have to touch the snake. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Although I gotta say sometimes when you get a unchanged Neo and watching that thing grow up and trying to figure out what it is is also kind of sometimes a front process, I think. <laughs> so you know, it can be a little entertaining watching the behavior and trying to be like, Oh, is it a male, is it a female? Mm-hmm.
3: And then... Yeah,
1: I would definitely have to agree with that until you got a five to one range.
2: <laughs> until until <laughs> shit hits the fan. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah.
0: so oh, when you were man. breeding yours jason did you cycle yours at all did you do it like temperature did you do it food did you do anything or did you just do it like i did well, and just throw them together and wait for something to happen
1: yeah like i really didn't do too much of like temperature cycling um i mean i do a night drop pretty much every night you mm-hmm. know i just kind of turn it down to whatever my ambient is and let it run from there you know overnight but Yeah, I didn't really increase that too much. It was more just, uh, you know, a little bit of food cycling. And uh, then, yeah, just pretty much pair them up, you know, and watch their behavior. And like I said, when they were cuddled up and together, I'd leave them together. And when they split apart for a few days, then I'd pull them and give them, you know, a couple weeks off, three weeks off, Mm -hmm. feed them, let them do their thing, defecate, whatever, and, then you know, wait till a thunderstorm or something rolled through and put them back together. You
0: know, it's so funny how mm-hmm. that that has such an effect on them like that.
1: <laughs> like clockwork. Yeah, I, with, with all species that I've yeah. worked with thus far, is you know, yeah, anytime a good you know barometric pressure change comes through, mm-hmm. throw your animals together. It doesn't matter what You're... time of year. If you if you've got a you know sexually productive pair, you know you can. You can kind of go from there, you know, and just throw them together, and you know,
2: always see action, you know.
0: Luke, what did you do cool. for yours? Did you cycle yours?
2: I did a little bit. I kind of did all three. I didn't do anything. I've never done a light cycle just because, to I me mean, right, they're on the equator, so there yeah. wouldn't be much yeah. of a light cycle. But, yeah, I just did. Uh, I started hitting them with food, and then I, I just lowered their night drop four more degrees. So they went down to 74 instead of, like, 78 at night. Mm-hmm. and um but yeah i didn't know i mean we we're, were in california i mean i was at the time in southern california i mean we got no rain like all winter you know so mm-hmm. rain wasn't even a thing but yeah again now that i'm in northern california i might try like you said i might try no like very little t- stuff with temperature and then just see if uh see if just pairing them when it rains works you know kind of a little experiment see how it goes
0: when i was Mm -hmm. keeping mine together man it was every time it rained i'd go i'd check on him and sure enough he's he's all over her like they they wouldn't we'd go you know a week or two without rain and they'd be on opposite ends of the the cage but then that rain would roll in man and he was all over it
1: something about it it does something to Mm him.
0: and what do you what are you keeping your adults in right now jason
1: uh, all of mine are in PVC cages. They're they're in the two by two okay. cubes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've got some, you know, two by threes, but it's just like I said. I keep my chondros smaller anyway, and I have not really felt the need to put them in the two by threes yet. So, I, right mm-hmm. now, there those two by threes have some carpet pythons in them.
0: <laughs> cool. And are those sharp horn cages? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reptile Basics just rolled out their their two two cube, and I'm really anxious to try it. I haven't talked to anybody that's bought one yet. I can't imagine it would be much different than than sharp horns, obviously. But my thing is, is like I like Reptile Basics the uh, the one they're they're cranking out because I can put the perches wherever I want. Okay, yeah, you know, that's not really something you can do with the sharp horn cages necessarily, unless you just want a random upside down T, you know, in the cage, which yeah. is purely aesthetics, but. <laughs> That's
2: exactly what I have. I just have a little T's that I don't even use.
0: In mine. Would well, you just but, do you um, get some Brahms perch holders or something?
2: At the time, I just I went to Home Depot and then I just I I used the natural wood purchase from a a parrot store lo- locally.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I just got some like uh, things from Home Depot that hold them up. Gotcha. And then yeah, yeah. the T's are just sitting there. But I actually I haven't set mine up yet. Well, the two by two cubes. Did you do you have the hinge doors or the sliding doors? I
1: have hinged.
2: Okay, yeah, cool. so Yeah, I just ordered like, some of those, yeah. and I've never—I've only had the sliding doors, so I'm kind of excited to try the hinge door.
1: Yeah, I—I I, I, for the two by twos, I—I—I I, I looked at some of those that have the sliding doors, and it's just not big enough, you know, really for mm-hmm. that. It—it's it, kind of makes cleaning a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. But I like the big swing doors on the two by twos. You can open it wide up, and it, it's really easy to get your you know get your chondro and you know I love the removable perch. so just pull the whole perch out if I need to get in there and really deep clean or anything but that's you know one of the things that makes chondro so great is most of the time you don't even have to bother them you can go in there and you know as soon as they realize you're not feeding them
3: <laughs> you can
1: tear mm-hmm. their whole cage apart underneath them and they just kind of look at you mm-hmm. you know
2: <laughs> and was the female did she breed and lay in that two by two yep
1: sweet cool. i just i did the you know method that uh, i think gary Schiavino kind of um you know put out there with just i lined my whole the whole bottom of that two by two in sphagnum moss got one of those big log half hides and uh you know as she got close to it i removed all but the lowest perch and then when she grounded herself i just pulled that perch and left her in there. She laid right under that hollow log and in the sphagnum moss. So kind of worked out perfect.
0: See, that sounded nice. Cause I was like, man, I should do that with my female. But then I realized my female beoc that laid is gigantic and she wouldn't fit. She'd be like that, that, that half log would be sitting on top of her like a hat.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: have to get, you know, yeah. I, even with the log I got, you know, she was kind of tight up in there, you know. It was a tight fit, but, uh, yeah, I don't definitely don't think you're going to do that to a, you know, a 1,200-gram BIOC or mm-hmm. something like that, you know.
0: <laughs> My buddy Billy Hunt at uh, Uwabami Reptiles, he has these, uh, they're like these little rugged totes. Uh, I don't even know how big they are. They're probably maybe five quarts, and they're like the perfect size because I used a bucket, like a two-gallon bucket like Harlan did. And I, mm-hmm. with with the cage that she's in now there wasn't much clearance between the top of that bucket and the ceiling so like if I had to lift it up it was a real pain to, to check on her and stuff without completely disturbing her and so next time I'm gonna get my hands on some of those totes I'll have to find a picture and send it to you but he just uh, he cut a hole in the top of that and that's what some of his bigger carpets lay in and it's like mm-hmm. the perfect size so I need to try that out <clears throat>
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely think the next one. I'll I'll try to find a better you know mm-hmm. better lay cover than the. I don't necessarily like those <laughs> half wooden logs, mm-hmm. but it, it it works. So I I can't really complain about it.
0: And was this clutch your first time breeding chondros? Yes. Okay. So then you're yeah, probably you're was. in the same boat as me because like everyone's like you know I'm I'm ta- really only I'm keeping my my pool of, of people I've been picking their brains about with all this pretty small for Mm -hmm. uh, that way I'm not getting 12 different opinions on 12 different ways to do the same thing Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of been like the most frustrating thing is you know everyone does it differently and until you do it yourself and kind of figure out what works best for you it's um, yeah that's with everything
1: you you can listen to everybody and take input from everybody but until you do it in your own situation and find your own way you know, you really don't know. you just kind of, oh, well, shoot, what do I fine, do? but if you don't know. Which is fine, but if you
0: don't know what your way is, and that doesn't, it makes it even more frustrating because they're like, oh, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, well. mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, and it's more and more every week. I mean, especially with raising up a clutch. I mean, they really are all little individuals, and every mm-hmm. single one of that clutch I had had its own little quirks and, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to do different things with different animals, which makes it even more confusing, you know. <laughs> so
1: Yeah. Yeah, they'll keep you on your toes, that's for mm-hmm. sure, when it comes to that, you know. so
0: I got to get more of those feeding cards printed out that I got from you, Luke.
2: Yeah, they're great. They're pretty awesome.
0: I love those things, man. I use the hell out of them.
2: Yeah, it's cool because uh, you really get to see. I used to have like a notebook where I just write everything I mm-hmm. did for that day, but uh, with those cards, you really get to keep track of what individual animal yeah. is doing, which is which is great.
1: Yeah, see, I use uh, I use Reptile Scan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I've got so many animals that yeah, I just I use that, and I've got the little QR codes and the app on my phone, and I just scan, you know, <laughs> scan it. Bam! It's in there. It's all uploaded into the internet, and you know I've got records for everything, you know all that stuff. Uh, and I've, man, I, I love that.
0: Yeah, you know? I was using what Track My Reptile, a... and I was actually like helping them with that. Like I was helping that company with some of their stuff as far as social media goes and and whatnot. But I found over time, like I just I don't know. I prefer just just old school pen and pen and cards. I don't know. It just mm. maybe it's just a Having to wait for everything to load in and like doing all the other stuff and scrolling through options and stuff, I just, I just want to write down, you know, what I write down and and kind of mm-hmm. leave it be. But I'd imagine if you have a bigger collection like you do, that you know having that would be would be easier.
1: Oh yeah, it, it, it makes it really nice. Now I, I'm not gonna lie, when I first started setting up that program, God, that was like. <laughs> two three days of solid just data input Mm -hmm. you know to get everything built in there and of course you know like i'm nerdy about it so i've got pics of everything and pics of the parents and lineage information built into it so i have all of that stuff and can just you know pop it out but now that i have that it makes it so easy to go in there and manage my collection like even clutches and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know i can put all of the breeding stuff you know when i introduced them when i saw them locked when i when they ovulated how many eggs and then you can convert those eggs into you know babies and they populate it's got all the lineage information and all the pairing information and you can print that stuff right out and hand your you know your client's uh, yeah. a information packet with pictures of the parents and lineage. You know, it's it's it, it's really wonderful.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's awesome.
0: That was the nice thing about and Track that, My Reptile is if someone else had that app, you could actually just send that whole file to them over the app.
2: Yeah, you can like do the
1: same thing. History. It's kind of similar. You can export it and send it to them if if they've mm. got it and they can just import all that data right in to their account and bam it's it's there you know
0: i don't know y'all we're coming up on an hour and a half mm-hmm. and went
2: by went by quick
0: it always does how, um,
2: how, uh, how often are you feeding your babies right now um every, mind me asking.
1: by every seven-ish days or so
2: every seven-ish days cool yeah yeah i was i was feeding mine around seven at the beginning and uh, I don't know, they just look a little small because they're coming close to a year, and I've been hitting them every five days, and they've been growing a little faster. So I don't know. I don't even know how I feel about that anymore. I feel like I'm changing my mind every other day. <laughs>
3: it's crazy. Yeah,
2: you know, like,
1: I, I usually only get, you know, one or two days a week that I can really do feeding. Mm-hmm. So it, it usually kind of coincides with that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, I, I've got my, my hands in a lot of different, uh, you know, irons in a lot of different fires at the moment, so I kind of bounce around a good bit. <laughs> just do things when I have time, and mm-hmm. uh, I just feed them, you know, a little bit bigger meal than, I, I, I don't know, you know, condros mm-hmm. eat pretty small meals to begin with, but I try to, try to give them a little bit of a bump. <laughs> <laughs> you know when they're done.
3: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah,
1: like I said, I I keep my stuff on the smaller side anyway, so it doesn't bother me too much.
2: Right on. And you have a you have a few carpets, right?
1: I do. I I have a few projects. Um, I've got some Darwins. I've got uh, I've got Rockhampton coastals. Ooh. I've 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 got one mutt. Um. Uh, like an IJ, Jungle Jag, Cross, and then I also have a pair of brettles.
3: Yeah.
2: So have you ever uh, been in the snake room late at night and just thought for a second maybe I'll throw a conjo in with one of the carpets?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that Jungle Jag, when, it, when I first had that, before I knew what the sex of that Jungle Jag was, I, I had thought about it because – you know, here I, I'm good friends with Tony Jerome, and I see some of his Carpondros, and it'll make you think about it, even if you don't <laughs> like them, when you go look at his collection and see those things in person, how cool mm-hmm. they really are. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh, fortunately the only carpet that I would even think about that with is a male, and I'm just oh. not doing that to one of my female condros. <laughs> <laughs> no That's funny.
2: Yeah. Got, Another male.
0: I've got that stonewashed yep. male Brettles now can do bredondros.
3: <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I I don't necessarily hate on hybrids. It's it's not something I'm real keen on doing mm-hmm. in my collection, but you know, like I said, I'm I'm friends with Bill Steagle and Tony Jerome and they you know, they've done carpondros and hybrids and yeah, uh, they're you go see them in person and they're they're pretty pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much
0: where I'm at with them. Like, I wouldn't do them personally, but I mean, I can appreciate them for what they are. Like they do look cool, but Yeah. Other than that, I'm like, yeah, okay. I wouldn't do it, but whatever. Teach their own.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Not my circus, not yep. my monkeys.
1: Right. Like most of the rest of my carpet projects are, you know, they're they're pretty I wouldn't even think about it because, you know, like, I've got my Darwins are, like, heavily striped, Mm
3: -hmm. so, like,
1: it's like a striped albino Darwin pairing, you know, that I'm kind of trying to work on, and then, you know, the Rockhampton locality coastals, it's just, you know, those are still still relatively rare, you know, so I I wouldn't want to mix that with anything, just kind of keep that pure and those are just—they're just cool animals, you know. <laughs>
3: you
0: I want to get my that way, and I want to get my hands on some inland's really bad.
1: Yeah, they're high on my list too. I'm kind of waiting. Uh, you know, my buddy uh, Austin Warwick up here—he's got inland's, and mm-hmm. I think his are getting close to breeding age. And yeah, I'd sure like to like to get into those a little bit myself.
0: Inlands and rough like scales—a lot
3: you could do with them, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm
2: rough
0: rough, me and jake are blue and red yeah me and jake are really wanting some rough scales at some point
2: oh my god yes so cool they're they're
1: really neat like have you guys ever like put your hands on them seen them in person
0: nope
2: no I, i i saw one at the zoo a few months ago and even just not putting my hands on it but seeing it at the zoo and like seeing those blue i mean this one had blue eyes and like it looked it was crazy it was so cool I was like oh my god I need one
1: yeah single-handedly the best eyeballs you know adult coloration those things are just crazy like Bill, Bill's got a trio of them and I, I've been over and and they just feel so neat when you
2: let them crawl through your hands
3: and
2: mm-hmm. they got, they're just they're, they're they're very cool for sure the real question is though do they perch?
0: Bill said they didn't um Bill said, "I don't not in the
1: not in, not like a Condro. Yeah, oh, no,
0: yeah, I don't know anymore. The,
1: <laughs> they they're more carpet like in that they'll they'll kind of drape over something like mm-hmm. if they they would seem to prefer a shelf yeah. or something like that. That's what, you know, that's what Bill said last week. The, you know, mm-hmm. his will At use the hell out of a shelf. Yeah, but yeah, I I've never seen one in that perfect chondro perch, like uh, like you know. There's very, very few animals that just take on that pose, you know?
0: Who'd you get your brittles from?
1: Uh, Steven Katz.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, cool. He makes some nice ones.
1: Yeah, I've got a really, really nice... Uh, my male is really nice. Uh, you know, Riley Jimison, He he always posts that black glass mm-hmm, photo of mm-hmm. his uh, I got one out of... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the same pairing. And my male's not too far off from what his looks like. His maybe a little bit better <laughs> than mine. But, yeah, he's pretty nice. Kind of light. Almost hypo-ish color. Yeah, yeah the ones look. that
0: Steven cranks out, man. They're, they're something different. Because uh, we just got this these, this Stonewash and this Het Stonewash. And we sold our, a normal pair. Like, I sold... Uh, Jake is selling his female from Cots, and then I got uh, a little male who's like a 2017 or 2018. So we sold that pair, and we were kind of bummed to see that female go, because she is really nice. She's an asshole, mm. but she's pretty.
1: Yeah, both of my brittles, they're assholes. The, the, I, oh, I did sorry. not have that... You know, joyous, oh they're so cool and mellow that,
0: that that's weird that, that must be a that must be a <laughs> cots thing too, because like Jake's came from cots yours came from cots Riley's are pretty mellow from what i've what he's told me uh all of mine are super chill like I don't have to worry about mine at all. I can go in there and grab them then I had my big mail out this morning, I was taking pictures of him outside because he shed last night uh, <laughs> mine are all super chill they're some of the most mellow snakes I have. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my, it's my, my female, she's shady, you know, I just, I do not (laughs) trust her one bit. You know, you, you, you put anything within range of her face and yeah, she, she might let you have it. She's got me on more than one occasion. How how big are yours? Oh, you know, they're, they're getting some size on them. Well, I, well, they're probably in the.
0: Well, what Six year are they? Range. Is probably a better Ooh. better way to gauge. Um.
1: Yeah, when did I get those? I think they were they were 2015, so they're oh, okay. like four yeah, and a yeah. half years somewhere in there.
2: Hmm. Nice. Can I give them a go this year?
1: Um. No, I I haven't really really messed with them. I'm I, I kind of. I'm at the point where I'm getting ready to move them into a new cage, and I was gonna let them acclimate to the new cage and then then kind of start working that little project a little harder
0: they take um, a they take we, a little longer to get to to get to go
1: right yeah i you know that that kind of stuff I don't rush rush i I, I like my you know morelia females to be in that five year range mm-hmm. before I really start messing with them. So that's kind of where I'm at. Most of my carpet stuff, you know, I'm still, still growing out. And I think the next pairing I'll do would be those uh, striped Darwins. Um, that one should be, hopefully, my first carpet clutch coming up. I'd like to throw those together this this upcoming season. See what happens with that.
0: I keep telling Luke to get on the brettles, man. He's missing out. I
2: want to. And I've seen some photos, because, see, I haven't seen, too, like, I don't know, too much. I know they're indestructible, which is cool. But I've seen some photos of some adults that have, like, a black tail. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that is what I want. Like, the red is cool, but when they kind of have that tail yeah. that fades into that black, yep. oh, that does it for me. So um, Yeah. My... my
1: female is like that. She is really, really dark. The, the back half of her is almost black. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's got a real kind of brick, real dark brick red up in the, you know, first third of her body. But yeah, she starts getting pretty dark towards the tail, and yeah, I I, I kind of like that look too.
2: <laughs> I love it. Is there is there anyone who kind of like focuses on that, or, you know, or is everyone just going for red?
0: Mm, is... Off the top of my head, I don't know that there is anybody really focused on the black. I know that's something that I want to focus on at some point depending on what i have you know when the time comes because my female has a lot of that like each shed it seems like that that black is creeping higher and higher up the up the body and then the big male i have he's pretty dark towards the back you know the last third <clears throat> mm-hmm. um so i don't i mean that is something i'd like to focus on it's it, there was a, a couple of years ago at, at the columbia repticon there was a I don't know if it was a male or female. I want to say it was a male. It was smaller. But, man, that thing, the entire snake was super dark. Like, I had never seen a Brettles that dark before. And cool. it was they wanted, like, 175 bucks for it or something. It was, like, stupid cheap. <clears throat> and I was really tempted to get it because it was, like, the only Brettles of the show. But I ended up passing on it because it also kind of looked sort of not in great shape.
2: Mm.
0: But, man, that thing was <laughs> so dark.
2: It haunts you to this day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Still think yeah. about
0: it. I don't really envy yeah, some, whoever bought it. but Yeah. Some things are just better
1: left, you know, better the way they are when yeah. it comes to that. If it's mm-hmm. too good to be true, it can sometimes <laughs> turn around and bite you.
3: Mm-hmm. you know? Very true. Very
1: true. I know. You know, especially with all the, the you know, stuff going around now. It's, it's hard to want to bring in new animals into your collection. You know, without being really thorough. Mhm. You know, uh, have you guys done any like NIDO testing or any of that stuff for your collections? Or
0: I have not. I uh, need to.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I ordered the um, I ordered the test kits,
1: but uh, okay. my
2: girl, my girlfriend's been out of town, so I was kind of just waiting, so she could kind of. So I'm not just by myself, you know. Mm-hmm. An extra set of hands um so yeah when next time she comes in town i'm definitely gonna give that a try yeah.
0: does she help you out with them and stuff luke does she like she appreciate them she's she's
2: she's a mammal person you know so but uh she actually works with like uh she volunteers at uh there's like a a monkey place so she likes her monkeys but uh <laughs> if i like go out of town she'll definitely she'll clean the cages she she thinks they're kind of weird she thinks i'm weird because like in my bedroom so i'll wake up in the morning and i just stare at them. she's
0: like they're not
2: doing anything <laughs> and i'm like they're so cool though she's like they're not even moving and i'm like i don't know that's but, what uh, i uh, do when
0: i brush my teeth man i make sure i brush for you know the the ada re- you know recommended amount of time i just go and stand in the snake room and brush my teeth until i'm good to go
1: yeah yeah I know the feeling it's one of those you know my my snake building you know it's outside of my house it's you know a couple hundred yards from the my back porch but I've got you know those uh, internet you know cameras Mm -hmm. mounted in in the Mm -hmm. middle of my snake room that's all remote control and it's night vision and all that stuff I can dial it in and I can look at all my chondros and carpet cages and that stuff, and I'll pull that up like while I'm watching TV with <laughs> the family and stuff, and I'll just be sitting there watching the snakes crawl around on my little phone. You
2: know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That's awesome. I need yeah. to get one of those for go. so So, you, you use that a lot? You always check on them? I do,
1: yeah. It's yeah. nice. The one I've got, you know, it, it actually has, like, a temperature and humidity setting in it. So I can actually, like, log in and I can see, like, the temperature of my, my snake room and my uh, the humidity. So it, it's got cool. that little reading on it. Plus, like I said, it's night vision and the motion detection and all that stuff. So it's like a security system, you know. It, it sends pictures anytime op- anybody opens my snake room door. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I get, a, you know, if somebody was to try to break in, you know, yeah smile, you're on camera, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Like I said, I, I, I'm in there at least a couple nights a week just watching them while they're mm-hmm. doing their thing without me being in the room. Because you can see them acting natural, you know, without mm-hmm. being there and disturbing the process. You mm-hmm. know, you can see what they're doing when you're not there. <laughs> and, so and it's, it's nice.
2: It's for sure different, yeah, because right now they're they're all in my bedroom and I turn on the lights that night and they they stop it, everything they're doing and you're like God damn it, sorry guys yeah. <laughs> You ever do everything. that when they
0: shed? Like they're in the middle of a, a shed and you walk in and turn on the light and they just stop? I've had some they where stop. I did yep, that I and then they just gave like, up on the God, shed halfway through yep. and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God, why did I do that? Because yep. <laughs> then I had, to, I had to help them finish the rest of it because it's like they forget that it's even happening yeah
1: Yeah, they're not the brightest animals if you distract them when they're in the middle of something like that same with feeding you know sometimes it's like you know i'll see that with the neos Mm -hmm. it's like man you if you slam that door you know slam that tub a little too hard or something like that and you get their attention off eating the thing you know sometimes they'll sit there and just hold it for like an hour and you're like, yep. oh, I wish you would freaking eat that, you little bastard.
0: That <laughs> one know? I got from Luke right now, like, it, like, falls asleep while it's wrapped around the fuzzy and so I'll tap the tub <laughs> and it'll, like, wake it back up and be like, oh, yeah, that's right, I'm eating right now. And it'll, like, finish it every time. It, like, wraps it for, like, ten minutes and then it just stops. And I'm like, wake mm-hmm. up, dude. I Get still
2: it. I still have two that do that. It takes, like, <laughs> and I won't leave or do anything until, you know what I mean? Like, I won't go out. Yeah. Until, right. Until they're done eating, and sometimes I'll like be like, "Okay, I'm gonna feed them really quickly," and then an hour and a half later, they're still just looking at it, wrapped around, and you're like, "Come on!"
0: I just let them fish. do what they're gonna do. If they're gonna drop it, I'll just I'll I heat it back up later that night, and I just offer it to them again, and then mm-hmm. shut the lights off and go to bed. Yeah. If it's if they're if they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. Damn it.
1: Yeah. yeah one of the the nice things about like uh, that I'll say for my room is. Like I, I keep a beer fridge in there for for those exact reasons. You know, Woo! you got those things on a feeding night when you're sitting <laughs> there and they want to be stubborn like that. You keep that beer fridge close,
3: and you just sit
2: there and drink till they
3: eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: you need to put some surround sound in there too.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I got.
2: You, I got some. I
1: got some Bluetooth speakers in there. I usually oh. listen to podcasts while I'm in there. <laughs> Perfect. You know, Get it going.
0: Living the dream. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, y'all. We're at about an hour 45 now.
2: Oh, man. Time flies by. Yeah, it does. Yes, Luke, sir.
0: where can people find you?
2: Oh, I am just Luke Snakewalker on Instagram. And um, actually, I'm almost hardly ever on Facebook now, except every few days. So you can send me a message on there, just Luke Myers, but uh, mainly on Instagram now.
0: It's better, anyways.
2: Oh yeah, no, I I, blo- I put a I feel like a child, but I I put a what's it called uh, a parental lock on my phone, so I actually blocked the Facebook website, <laughs> so I can only go on it at a computer, so I don't waste yeah. like half my day on there. yeah So, uh, but it's been working out pretty well. I've Been getting a lot more things done, which is good.
0: And yeah. Jason, where can people find you?
2: I'm on
1: Facebook and Instagram. You can find me. It's uh, Facebook Brumley Reptiles. Same thing with Instagram. Same thing. You can send me a friend request. I'm Jason Brumley. You know, I will usually reply to whatever. Now, I, you know, when I'm at work. I don't. I don't carry my phone with me. So you know, if I don't get back to you right away, don't don't think I'm ignoring you. Just uh, give me a little time. I'll get back <laughs> with you. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. And and you got questions or need anything just always i'm always trying to be available and help when i can and so cool reach out to me
0: well this experimental episode with with multiple remote guests worked out pretty well so i appreciate y'all uh taking the time to do this
2: all right on man always oh, it, it was a good time nice talking to you. i don't think we've ever talked before jason but uh, uh it was nice now talking we, to you. yeah you
1: too and, and uh, uh, good
2: luck with those babies man
1: yeah, you too, with yours and uh you know, good luck with your upcoming season
2: right on. Hey,
1: we'll See, have a that's, night. that's I, the
0: cool thing with this is yeah. like i can get other people on that haven't talked to each other that are in the Condro community and I mean, like it's like a little powwow
1: absolutely and the more content we can get out there the better so i love absolutely. what you guys are doing with the th you know thp and of course the Condro cast because man it's I, I, I commute two hours a day, pretty much, to work. So Damn. I listen to podcasts all the time. And the more content we have, the happier
2: my commute will be. So right. you guys keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, and right, okay. hey, we'll have a nice night, everyone. All right, take it easy. Yeah, you guys do. Later.